I want to begin this podcast with a fairly simple question. What is the difference between a ghost and a poltergeist? Most people are unsure of the differences. Even those that study poltergeists and hauntings would point out several distinct features between the two. But even then, it would be hard to come to a consensus of known differences that distinguish the two. The best-known American poltergeist is the Bell Witch of Tennessee. From 1817 to 1821, the Bell family was harassed by a ghost witch they named Kate. Sometimes violent activity centered on the Bell's youngest daughter, Betsy, who was scratched, pushed, thrown, pinched, and slapped. The truthfulness of the Bell Witch is questionable, since it was written down nearly 60 years after the event, but its description perfectly fits a poltergeist-style haunting. The Bell family experienced intense paranormal activity for a few years, mostly focused on their youngest daughter. In the end, it's impossible to know if the haunting was caused by Betsy, a ghost, or was just a hoax. One of the most enduring and original characteristics of a poltergeist is knocking. In the 17 and 1800s, these entities were unseen but were heard knocking on the walls and furniture in all parts of Europe, especially Germany. Some even asked poltergeists to knock in code, identifying letters to spell names or phrases. This is why poltergeists are commonly referred to as knocking ghosts. The definition of a poltergeist has evolved drastically over the centuries. A modern theory suggests that poltergeist-style activity may not be caused by a ghost or a supernatural entity. Some speculate that it is psychic people, generally young females going through puberty, that may naturally produce paranormal activity. This would explain the reports of paranormal activity at locations that do not necessarily have a ghostly history, but may have many young people. I must admit that in my own experience, many of the reports that I receive from schools, especially high schools, sound like poltergeist-style hauntings. For example, I was approached by a female student at a brand new high school. There were no accidents, deaths, or anything during the school's construction. And before construction, the land was unused. Yet she claims that she has been touched on the stairs and halls of the school. She joked, wondering if there existed an unknown Indian burial ground under the school. In this case, I would speculate that maybe the girl herself is the source of the haunting. The school has a lack of history. And though an undiscovered burial ground is possible, it is also very unlikely. Other characteristics of poltergeist-style hauntings include intense activity, physical contact, levitation, rapping, unexplained noises, and moving objects. The activity generally focuses on an individual, which is commonly a teenage girl. And finally, the manifestations are brief but powerful and come in surges from weeks to a few years, but they don't necessarily last forever. These characteristics separate poltergeists from ghosts. Ghosts generally haunt locations for decades or more, and they are more restrained than a raucous poltergeist. In fact, the word poltergeist comes from the German language meaning noisy spirit. Hi, I'm Scott Bryan, and I would like to welcome you to this episode of the Ghostology Podcast.
Is anyone there? We want to make contact with you. We want to share your story. We're going to seek the truth no matter where we find it. Everyone's got a ghost story. I'd like to tell you mine. And the look on his face was a look of shock. First thing I did was go over to him and say, are you okay? I want you to breathe. Welcome to Ghostology. As I said before, my name is Scott Bryan, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ghostology podcast. Poltergeists are a very strange topic and phenomena. When I talk to people, almost everyone has a slightly different belief of what they are. Now, I want to tell you about an experience that I was told. On its face, the account sounds like the story of a normal haunted house. But as I thought about this experience, I began to think that possibly this may not be the simple story of a a ghost or a haunting, but possibly more along the lines of a poltergeist-style haunting. I've been working at the same job now for many years, and most of my coworkers know that I'm a paranormal investigator. In fact, some of them have even come on investigations. Many of them are my fans, read my books, and listen to the Ghostology podcast. One of my co-workers in particular, named Crystal, I've known for several years. She is very friendly and does not seem like the type to exaggerate. I believe that she is truthful and credible. We have spoken about many things over the years, but never anything too personal. So one day, I was a little surprised when she pulled me aside and asked if she could tell me about her childhood home. Of course, I agreed to listen. Crystal had grown up in a rural area of southern Idaho. Her father owned a large farm where he grew various crops. As a girl, she worked hard tending horses and harvesting potatoes. She said it was a lot of work, but a great environment for a child. The family also owned several animals as well. Her family's home was an old 1940s bungalow with a large covered porch. It had white wood siding and green trim to match the green metal roof. There was a small second floor where Crystal's room was. The house was surrounded by stone pathways, which were flanked by many shrubs. Inside, the floors were a mix of original wood floors and carpet. The main living room contained a large brick fireplace with a raised gray hearthstone. The fireplace was the perfect gathering place for the family on cold winter nights. Crystal loved her childhood home and she believed that she had an ideal life there. That is, until she reached her preteen years. At the age of 10, things began to change. Crystal's family was fine and she, by all accounts, was a normal young girl. Nevertheless, during this time, Crystal described herself as kind of moody and anxious. She often felt upset and nervous, especially at night. When lying in bed, she swore at times something was standing at the foot of her bed just watching, but she never saw the invisible presence. She told her mother about her night terrors, but her mother believed it was her imagination. So her discomfort went on for years. But after Crystal turned 12, the intensity of the haunting increased things began disappearing. At first, little things like spare change disappeared from her nightstand or candy from her drawer. Then a yo-yo, playing cards, and other small toys vanished from Crystal's room. 
All of these things Crystal could live without, but when her favorite doll went missing, she was heartbroken. Even items belonging to other family members began to evaporate from the house. Then after several months, it stopped, but none of the missing items were ever found. For a while, Crystal lived a normal life without fear. At 14, Crystal was enjoying friends and other teenage activities. At night, she still felt the presence in her room, but she no longer buried herself under the covers. In fact, Crystal had almost convinced herself that the unseen entity was imaginary. Unfortunately, the lull of activity would not last. It began with noises from inside Crystal's bedroom wall. They were soft but unmistakable knocks. Crystal was horrified to think that mice could be nesting inside her walls. Crystal's father, out of desperation, cut a hole in the wall, searching for the pests. But the wall's interior showed no sign of mice or any other animal. Without a clear explanation, Crystal wondered if her night visitor was the cause. Crystal retired to her bed with an ugly hole in her wall. Her father had not had time to fix it, but that night, the knocking stopped. Crystal happily fell asleep thinking the hole had remedied the noises. Maybe the mini demolition had scared off the little mice. Days later, with the hole fixed and the knocking gone, Crystal's life returned to her normal routine. She went to bed without any hesitation or fear, and she quickly fell asleep. Crystal is unsure of the time, though it was probably past midnight when she awoke and she was freezing. She discovered her warm covers heaped at the foot of her bed, leaving only a thin sheet for warmth. She quickly grabbed the blankets and wrapped them around her body to ensure they would not fall again. But her blankets did fall again, and again, and again, over the next several months. Waking up blanketless and cold became a common occurrence for Crystal. She said that most of the ghostly things that happened were harmless. She learned to live with them. But then one day, Crystal was really frightened when she found scratches on her legs. Crystal's mother cleaned and bandaged the cuts, but refused to believe they were caused by a ghost. Crystal felt she had no other choice but to try to make peace with the ghost. She pleaded with the entity to never attack her again. From that time, the scratching never returned. She lived with the haunting until she moved out when she was a young adult. Crystal didn't like to talk about the experiences of her youth. She worried that people would think she was crazy. She even wondered if her young mind had imagined most of the activity. Crystal was glad when she moved out of the house because from that time, the ghostly pranks of her youth stopped. Her parents, who never really experienced the haunting as intensely as Crystal, continued to live in the home. Crystal was happy to visit her parents, but was unwilling to stay overnight in the house. Several years ago, Crystal's parents decided to remodel their living room. Part of the plan was to remove the fireplace facade and hearthstone to give the space a more modern look. As the large hearthstone was hoisted off its base, the construction workers were surprised by what they found. Crystal's mother was summoned to the living room and then her father. At this time, Crystal was an adult who had lived away from her parents' home for many, many years. But on that day, she received a call from her mother. She could hear the apprehension in her voice when she asked Crystal to come home. You just need to see this for yourself, exclaimed Crystal's mother. That evening when Crystal arrived, her parents greeted her and quietly took her to the living room. The remodeling had stopped, and the box where the hearthstone used to lay looked like an open coffin. Crystal nervously approached and peeked over the edge. 
Inside, she began to recognize the shapes of a lost doll, playing cards, spoons, forks, and other household items. It was a treasure of the missing items that had vanished from the house over decades. Crystal's parents were still searching for answers. They wanted to know if Crystal or anyone else had placed these items under the hearthstone. Of course, the idea was kind of ridiculous. How would anyone remove the incredibly heavy and secured stone off its pedestal without detection? The cache of missing items was a mystery that would never be solved. For Crystal, the discovery was personally satisfying because it proved the haunting events she had experienced were real. She was not crazy. Crystal had grown up in a bona fide haunted house and survived to tell about it. It's hard to say what caused Crystal's haunting, but her years of on-again, off-again activity combined with her age and strong physical manifestations may indicate that she possibly was the source. As I listened to her tell the details of her experiences, I recognized the similarities between her and poltergeist-style hauntings. Her home had no history of paranormal activity, and she was the focus of the activity. Crystal also experienced long periods of calm, followed by short periods of intense paranormal activity. Her history with the entity left a general lack of explanation for why she was haunted or who the presence may have been. I told Crystal that a poltergeist may have caused her haunting, but she didn't really seem to understand. I'm not sure she knew exactly what a poltergeist was. I explained the best I could the characteristics of a poltergeist-style haunting, but Crystal just laughed at the idea. And though we remain friends, we have never talked about the subject since. So I hope that this has been interesting and has given you something to think about. I'm Scott Bryan, and I'd really like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Ghostology Podcast. We'll be bringing you more episodes and hope you turn in for those. If you liked what you heard on our podcast today, we'd encourage you to go find more about Ghostology. You can go to our website at ghostology.com or check out my Ghostology books that can be purchased online at amazon.com. Just go and type in Ghostology, Scott Bryan, and they'll come right up. I hope you have a great rest of your day.